Morning, church. I'm going to sit down because I'm really tired today, and I feel if I stand up, I'm going to pass out, and I don't want any of you guys to have to catch me, okay, Curtis? All right, you good with that? Hey, next week is Easter, and you know, Easter is one of the easiest times for us to be an inviting church, and that video just encourages us to do that. And so I just want to encourage you for me as our leadership representing all of us that, you know, Easter is a great time of year for us just to invite that coworker, that family member, that friend to come and hear the gospel for maybe the first time. And so I want to pray for us now just to have courage, to have wisdom, to have the ability to have those conversations this week as we want to be inviting this week for our Easter service next Sunday. So let's spend some time in prayer over that this morning. God, we thank you so much for Jesus and we thank you for this Easter season where we remember how powerful you are and how loving you are. I pray for every one of us in this room that you, you put someone on our hearts to invite next week to Easter um, where they can hear the gospel message and be transformed by your love. Um, give us the courage, give us the wisdom, give us the things we need to invite, to share your love, and to serve. God, I pray for now, this time now, as we, we go into our, our time of teaching, that you speak through me, that you be with all of us as we dive into uh, John 17 this morning, that you give us all the wisdom we need to know and to understand and to learn. I love you, God. Thank you for this opportunity. It's your son's name I pray. Amen. Well, today's a good day. Today's a good day to ask a question. I'm going to ask all of us a question this morning that I want all of us to think about, but you're going to need to get out your sermon notes this morning. You're going to do an activity with me this morning. Um, it's going to not be difficult. It's not testing of the brain, but we're going to think just a tiny bit. The question is this morning I want us all to be thinking about is, what do you care about? What do you care about the most? Now, there's a couple ways we can help ourselves figure out what do I care about? What are the things I care about the most? And one of the ways we can do that is take an inventory of our lives. Now, some of us might think, I could easily tell you what I care about without having to do that. But some of us need a little exercise. So in your bullet or in your sermon insert, there are three questions, three things. First one is, to help us figure out what we care about, what's the thing you spend the most time doing? Think about this morning. Do you spend most of your time at work? Do you spend most of the time with your family? Do you spend most of your time doing hobbies? Do you spend a good amount of time on faith activities, meaning your personal devotion time with Jesus, spending time at church on Sunday morning or Wednesday night youth group or Tuesday night uh, first encounter for third through fifth graders. What, what do you spend your time doing? Is it stuff on yourself? Is it with your family? Think about that. Where do I spend most of my time? Next, what do I spend most of my money on? How you spend your money is a big indicator on what we care about. Do you spend most of the money you make on stuff for yourself? Your kids, maybe a big, big portion of the money you spend is to provide for your family through paying for your mortgage, paying for rent, paying for utilities, car payments, stuff like that. Do you spend a lot of your money on hobbies? Do you give to the church? Do you tithe? Do you give 10%, 5%, 25%, 0%? What do you spend your money on? Going out to eat, entertainment. This next one's not on your sheet, but I think it applies to us a lot today in our society. A lot of us have smartphones. What apps are on your phone? What are you using? Do you use it just to make phone calls? 
Do you use it to text? Do you have the Bible app? Do you use it to check the weather? Do you use it to play games? Do you use it to communicate? What do you use your smartphone for? It can show us what we care about. The last thing I think is one of the biggest barometers in helping us understand what do we care about is what do we pray about? Do we pray for ourselves? Do we pray for our families? Do we pray for the church? Do we pray for people who don't know Jesus? Do we pray for sick people? What do we pray about? So spend some time this morning looking at those lists. What are my top three things? What do I spend the most time doing? What do I spend my money on? What do I pray about? Now, this exercise isn't made you to feel bad to say, man, I spend way too much money on this worthless junk, or I spend too much time doing this worthless thing. No, that's not the idea. It's to help us to understand this morning is, today we're going to talk about what we're supposed to care about. And to help us figure out what we're supposed to care about, we sometimes need to figure out what are we caring about right now? And does it fit into the things God wants us to care about? We are in our third week of our sermon series, Remain, where we're looking at the last night Jesus had with his disciples. And John, the the disciple in his book, spends a lot of quality time writing about that night Jesus had with his disciples, teaching them and training them. But not only did he spend quality time teaching his disciples that night, he spent quality time praying, praying in the presence of his disciples. And in that time, we're going to learn about the things Jesus cares about. And here's, I'm going to say this multiple times this morning, and it's on your sermon insert. We must care about the things Jesus cares about. That's what we're going to learn about this morning. We must care about the things Jesus cares about. Because if we don't, we're not living the way God wants us to live. We are not striving to be the followers of Jesus that God calls us to be. So this morning's going to be awesome because we're going to look, we're going to spend all your time. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in John chapter 17. And John chapter 17 is John recording this whole prayer Jesus prays during that night before he is arrested and the next day is crucified. And so in John chapter 17, we're going to learn about three main things that Jesus cares about in his prayer. And we're going to look at all three and then we're going to look at how it applies to us and how we need to care about the things Jesus prays about. So the first thing we're going to look at is John chapter 17 verse 1. What does the first thing Jesus pray about? Jesus prays for himself. That's the first thing he prays about. So we're going to look at John chapter 17, verse 1. It should be up on the screen. Jesus says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this eternal life. Oh, lost my place. Now this eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. So first things first, Jesus prays for himself. I find that interesting. You know, what we know of Jesus is this guy who is not selfish. He's very considerate of others, thinks about others. That's Jesus. That's what he does. And the first thing he does is he prays for himself. Like, well, that's not very Jesus-like, we might think. And not only does he pray for himself, he then says this, God, glorify me. He says in verse 1, glorify your son that your son may glorify you. And then verse 5, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. And some of us think, man, that seems a little self-centered, Jesus. You want some glory? Like, what's up with that? But 
That's not Jesus. Jesus is not about bringing honor and glory to himself, about making it all about him. If we really study and look, what we find out is Jesus is asking for something really big here that he needs God's help for. What Jesus is asking for when he says, glorify your son, he's asking God to raise him from the dead when he dies. That's what he is asking for. He's not saying, God, make it all about me so people can look at me and praise me. No, he's saying, God, I'm about to do something tomorrow, and I know that the only way I'm going to conquer death is through your power. And so he's asking God, glorify me by raising me from the dead. Because when Jesus raises from the dead, our sins are continued to be forgiven. We see the power of God. We see the love of God. And we see that God can do all things, and not even death can stop God. So Jesus isn't asking just to bring glory to him. He wants to glorify God so God can get the glory and honor and say, man, look at the power of God. So Jesus is not being self-centered here. He's being very God-centered and wanting God to get the glory and honor from what happens to Jesus on that Sunday when he raises from the dead. He wants God to get the glory. So first things first, Jesus prays for himself. Next thing Jesus prays for is his disciples. He starts in verse 6, and we'll look at that. Starting in verse 6. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the word has hated them, for they are not of the world anymore, that I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Jesus cares deeply about these men. We all have somebody we truly care about because we spent a lot of time with them. And Jesus has spent a lot of time over the last three years with his disciples, traveling all over Jerusalem and Israel, sleeping in random places, healing the sick, healing poor people, just giving hope to the hopeless. Jesus has poured hours upon hours upon hours caring for these men. So it makes total sense that Jesus spends so much time praying for these men. He wants them to be able to fulfill God's will in their lives. And he prays some specific things for them. He prays that they stay united. He prays that they get protected from Satan. And he prays that they get sanctified. So first he asks them to protect them from the evil one or Satan. Now Jesus isn't asking them, isn't asking God to protect their physical bodies. Because he knows they're about to get persecuted. And a lot of them are going to die some nasty, painful, physical deaths. What he's asking for is that through all this persecution, through all this ridicule, they're not going to quit loving and following Jesus. They're not going to stop 
preaching the gospel message. They're not going to give up because it got too difficult. Jesus wants them to continue to live out their faith and share the gospel message, so protecting them from Satan. He prays that they stay united. Jesus is smart. He knows a group of men that are together can accomplish a lot more than one person trying to reach a goal. He understands that people fight and bicker about dumb and lame things, and it caused dissension and fights, and people don't work together. And he wants his disciples to stay united because if they work together, the gospel message can be spread even farther. And lastly, he asks them to be sanctified, meaning to be set apart, to be different, to be holy. He wants his disciples' lives to represent Jesus well and show that, hey, we're different than the rest of the world. We live differently. We don't do what the world does. And Jesus knows if their lives are reflecting who Jesus truly is, more and more people are going to want to understand who God is. So he wants them to be able to reflect Jesus with their lives. Jesus cares about these men. He cares about bringing God glory. He, he prays for these things. First, that God gets the glory. Second, for his disciples, that they stay together united, that they overcome Satan, and that they are set apart from the rest of the world. And then the last, the third and final thing he prays for that night is for future believers. And here is this prayer for that in verse 20 of chapter 17. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who, who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May there also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Jesus asked for some basic things for these future believers. He wants them, when they, once they give their lives to Jesus, to be united. Because these people are going to make up the church. And he wants his church to be united, not to fight, not to bicker, not to, to break apart over different things, but to stay together as one. And then he also prays that their lives will reflect that they follow Jesus. He wants their lives to be a representation of the love that Jesus has for every person on earth. Jesus cares about the future believers because he wants all people to know and understand about God's great love, about who Jesus is. So in Jesus' prayer, we learn three things. Jesus prays for himself, that he may glorify God and that God may get the glory. He prays for his disciples, and he prays for future believers. And we can learn a lot from these three things, and we can learn that there are things we need to care about because Jesus cares about them. Because this is what it is this morning, guys. We must care about the things that Jesus cares about. And we can learn three big things that Jesus cares about from this prayer and realize that we need to care about these things too. So first thing, let's look at the first thing Jesus prays about. He prays for himself so that God gets the glory. So what does that mean Jesus cares about? It means he cares about bringing God glory. So guess what? We need to care about bringing God glory with our lives. So what does that mean? What does that mean to bring God glory? What's that look like in the life of anybody on earth? 
I say it this way. It basically means our jobs is to make God look good. Now, I know you all are thinking this this morning, but man, Aaron looks really good this morning, right? That's what you're all thinking. You know, I try. You know, I try to, to look presentable. My wife asks me more if she looks presentable leaving the door than I ever ask her because I just know. I just know walking out the door I look good. She laughs. She goes, she knows it. My wife makes fun of me when I go to work out and I don't match. You know, I got orange shirt, shorts on and a green shirt. She thinks I'm a weirdo. But, you know, I try to look good. I try to make my hair presentable. You know, once it gets to a certain length, that's not possible anymore, so I don't grow my hair out like that anymore because I can grow an afro if you guys didn't know. I try to look good. But there's people who make lots more money than I do that actually pay people to, like, pick out their clothes, do their hair, do their makeup. Like, there's people's jobs. That's what they do. They're stylists, they're makeup artists, they're hairdressers. That's what they do. They make people look good. That's their job. Well, guess what? That's our job, to make God look good. That's what we are to care about. It's our job as Christians, if we want to give our lives to Jesus, to make God look good. Meaning, the way we live our lives, the way you act, needs to show who God truly is. If you're living a life that doesn't show the love of God, then you are not making God look good. So let's look at our lives this morning. How do you act at work or at school? Does the way you talk to treat the people, excuse me, the way you talk and the way you treat people at school or at your job, does that reflect that you love God? How do you treat your family at home? Does that reflect that you love and follow God? Let's face it, guys, this is a key idea. How we act in public and in private can lead people to God or lead people away from God. One of the biggest reasons people don't love Jesus is Christians. DC Talk, this band in the 90s, once said this amazing lyric that one of the biggest reasons people are atheists is because of Christians. People say they love Jesus, but they don't act like it whatsoever. And I think you and I in this room would say, I don't want ever, that to ever happen. I don't want my life to be a reason, someone one that doesn't give their life to Jesus. So we have to care about making God look good because if we're not, we're not leading people to Jesus. And that's our goal. Our church, our mission as a church is to lead people into growing relationships with Jesus. So I ask you this morning, think, how am I acting around people at my job or at school, at family, at my kids' events? Am I representing God well? Because we need to, because that's what Jesus cares about. And we must care about the things Jesus cares about. So what do we care about? We care about making God look good, bringing God glory and honor. The second thing Jesus prays for that, that night is his disciples. Now, the disciples are the men who are going to start the church. They are the guys that begin sharing the gospel. They go to the ends of the earth, as Jesus says, telling other people about Jesus and establishing churches. So what that shows us Jesus cares about is Jesus cares about the church. So guess what? You're going to figure it out again. That means we need to care about the church because we must care about the things Jesus cares about. So how do we act out in our lives caring about the church? I would first say this. Make church a priority. Simple as that. Make the effort to clear your schedule, move things around where your family and yourself is a part of church. You're a part of meeting with bodies of believers on a Sunday morning. You're a part of a life group. You're a part of serving inside the church. You're a part of serving with the church outside the church. 
Because when we spend time in spiritual growth activities, we grow closer to Jesus, and then in turn, we lead people to Jesus. The church isn't set up for a bunch of Christians to get together and like pat ourselves on the back and say, man, you're really rocking it. No, we're here to, to build each other up, help each other to grow so we can leave this building and spread the gospel. And so Jesus wants us to care about church and the fact making it a priority so we can grow spiritually. Because if we're not doing that, we are totally missing the mark. If you're making your life about everything else and not being a part of growing spiritually by being involved in the church, you're missing the mark as a follower of Jesus. And we don't want to miss the mark. We want to care about the things that Jesus cares about. Not only do we care about the church by making it a priority, we care about the church by serving in the church. A lot of you are already serving. You serve in a variety of ways. And, you know, you can serve in the children's ministry, the youth ministry, so many different ministries. But I want, what I really want you guys to hear this morning is this. One of the biggest ways you can serve is sharing your story, sharing your life, and sharing your wisdom. I've had countless men in my life that have poured into me and shown me what it looks like to be a Christian, to what it means to follow Jesus. Obviously, my parents, my father-in-law, Bruce, my high school small group leader, Cody, my youth minister, Chris, my youth minister, Jason, my small group leader in college. I could, I could list off five other guys that have really poured into me and, and cared about the church by showing me what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. Some of you have been following Jesus for longer than I've been alive, times a couple other numbers, so I won't make fun of you how old some of you are, because that's just, we don't want to do that. But a lot of you have lots and lots of wisdom, and you might think, no, I don't. I'm telling you right now, you do. Don't sell yourself short. Those of you who've been Christians for two months have more wisdom than a person who's never given their lives to Jesus. Use that wisdom to help people grow. Because if we're not helping each other grow, we're... We're not doing it. We're not being the church that Jesus wants us to care about. So guys, I'm urging you right now this morning, care about God's church. Because I care about God's church, and you care about God's church. But let's act out that care. We must care about the things Jesus cares about. He cares about making God look good. He cares about his church. And finally, in his third part of his prayer, he prays for non-believers. And guess what? This one's really easy. That means we need to care about people who don't know Jesus yet. Because we must care about the things Jesus cares about. So how do we care about non-believers? It's really easy to say. It's not always easy to do. We build relationships with them. Let's face it. We talked about this earlier. There's someone we need to invite this week to Easter. Someone who doesn't know Jesus. Someone who's not involved in a relationship with God. We need to build a relationship with them because if I just go up to some random person I'd never met and said, hey, you should come to church this Sunday, it's Easter. They'd be like, do I, do I know you? Have we met? Are you weird? Like, yeah, they would think I'm crazy. No, it's, you got people in your lives you've known for years that have never given their lives to Jesus. And you need to build a relationship with them where you can open up them to hear the gospel message. So if we care about the things Jesus cares about. We need to care about non-believers. We need to make the effort to lead people to Christ. Because let's face it, guys, someone led you to Jesus, whether it was your parents, whether it was someone that wasn't related to you all that shared the gospel message with you at work or, or some other place. Someone led you to Jesus. 
And you can do the same thing that person did to you how many years ago it was. I had the same opportunity my parents and youth minister did when I was 12 and 17 years old to lead someone to Jesus. And so do you. Make it a priority in your life to build relationships with people so that you can lead them to Christ. Because that's what it's about. That's why we care. That's why we come. I hope you want to see people give their lives to Jesus. I hope your goal is to see more and more people in that baptistry every Sunday. Every Sunday you're hoping, man, I hope someone's given their life to Jesus today. Because if you don't have that attitude, if you don't have that desire to see more and more people come to Jesus, why do you come to church? Why do you call yourself a Christian? That's a rough statement, but it's true. If you're not excited about more people giving their life to Jesus and it's not your goal, then we really need to reevaluate why we call ourselves followers of Jesus. And Jesus would say the same thing. He doesn't want average Joe, I don't really care about my faith Christians. He wants people who lead people to Christ, who that's what their goal is, to honor God and to lead people to Jesus. So this morning, we need to ask ourselves, are we caring about the things Jesus cares about? Are we really making our lives about the things that Jesus wants us to make our lives about? You know, early we asked the question, what do I care about? What are the things I care about? And maybe you look at that list and say, man, those things don't really fit into the things that Jesus says I must care about. And that means we need to reevaluate and reorder some things in our lives. We need to start focusing on making God look good with how we act. We need to start focusing on caring about the church by making it a priority and serving in it. We need to start focusing on who are people we know that need Jesus. Who are people we know that just need some love, that just need some care. So I ask you this morning to think and to act, not just to be here, but to say, you know what? John chapter 17 is going to change my life this morning. God's word is going to change my life this morning because through it I, re- I revealed, I learned something this morning that I need to care about the things Jesus cares about. Because if I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being the Christian God calls me to be. So think about that this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Am I caring about the things Jesus cares about or am I caring about the things that I want to care about? Because I'm passionate. I'm passionate about Jesus. I'm passionate about sharing about, about Jesus. And I know some of you in your room are just like, man, I want to go. I know that person right now. Just Aaron, shut up so I can go talk to him right now. Like, I hope you're feeling that way this morning. You're just excited to go, man, I want to go be like Jesus. Guys, we have a great God, an amazing God that we're going to continue to worship as long as we live. A God that sent us Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. A God that shows us so much love. And maybe for you this morning, you've never cared about Jesus at all because you never gave your life to him. And you guys, now today's better than any day to say, you know what? I want to start caring about the things Jesus cares about, and I want to get baptized. I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe for a lot of you, it's just like, man, I'm ready to start being different. I'm ready to start caring about the things Jesus cares about. Because let's not just come to church just so we can say hi to each other and sing a couple songs and leave. Let's come, to the, let's come to worship service so we can leave changed lives through the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God's word. 
We must care about the things Jesus cares about because when we do, we lead people to Jesus. God, thank you so much for John chapter 17 and giving us that prayer that Jesus prayed that night before his crucifixion. And God, I ask that for all of us in this room this morning, we start to evaluate what we care about. And God, if it's things that you don't care about, I pray that we reevaluate and start establishing the things that you want us to care about, where we care about bringing you glory and honor with our lives, where we care about making your church a place where people can come and grow and where we can serve and where we can grow in our faith. And God, where we care about people who don't know Jesus, where we strive to help them to see how great your love is. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his grace and his death on the cross. But more importantly, thank you for his resurrection. And God, help that act to inspire us every day to care about the things Jesus cares about. In your son's name I pray, amen.